about a month ago or so, I was talking with Peter, one of our, our staff members here, who many of you know, about what life might look like in this, this coming year. With, with all that happened in, in 2020, what, what does 2021 look like? From, from coming out of the pandemic to the, the racial and political unrest to the deep division in our country, that, that, that really kind of everything that just seeps into everything Everywhere we go. Now, Peter, he's a, he's a history buff, so we, we were comparing the uniqueness of today with some of the, the challenging times in, in the past. And, and during our, our conversation, something was said that was along the lines of, I'm curious what the, what the role will be of the church as we move forward in society. What, what sort of role will the, the church play as we move forward? And I said something like, I, I just hope that we can be a community that brings healing. Now, I've been turning that conversation over and over again in my head as I've thought about WPC and, and this year. Somewhere along the way, I, I opened up to the, the shared values that we, we worked to articulate a couple years ago. And I realized that, that having these, these core convictions shape our conversations and our, our interactions with one another and, and really the way that we interact with the greater community, it, it can go a long way with helping us to be the sort of church that works toward this sort of healing that our world so desperately needs right now. So here around our, our church, we, we talk a lot about being on a journey of faith, friendship, and service. And, and, and these values that, that you're seeing on your screen right now, these, these values are kind of like the guardrails of that journey. They're like the, the big stones along a hiking path to make sure that you don't wander off the path and into the wilderness or, or into a place that you, you shouldn't go. So we're, we're guided by these principles of, of caring respect, of inspired growth, of being an engaged community that, that has a meaningful impact on the world. So over the, the next month or so, over the next few weeks, we're, we're going to spend some time unpacking these values one by one, starting with the, the first value of caring respect. Now, this value, it, it comes right out of Scripture, right out of the beginning of Scripture, actually. The, the first chapter of, of Genesis, uh, starting at Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 and 27, we read, Then God said, Let us make humankind in our image, according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over the cattle and over all the wild animals of the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created humankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, I remember when I was, I was growing up as, as a kid, I, I was always confused when, when family members, either my parents or extended family members, would say that I, I looked like a brush. That I looked like a brush and that my sister looked like a roadie. It just didn't make any sense to me. We had the same mom and dad, after all. We, we, we shared the same last name. Why were people calling me a brush? 
Why? Now, of, of course, it, it, it makes sense. Brush is my mom's maiden name, and, and I look a lot like my, my grandfather, her dad, and my uncles, her, her brother. Most of us, we, we do the same sort of thing when we have kids or when we have grandkids. I, I do it with my kids. So we think, oh, you know what? She's got her mom's eyes. Oh, she's got her dad's big nose. Oh, she's got great grandma's hands. Or that laugh sounds a lot like grandpa's. Genetics are a funny thing. They remind us where we come from, our origins. They remind us who we come from. And they remind us the sort of stories that from our, our past, the sort of stories from our past that, that shape our present day lives. They remind us of our identity. And when we read the story in Genesis, the creation story, we're reminded of what sets humankind apart from the rest of everything that God creates. We're reminded of our collective identity. Humankind, male and female, are the only beings, we're told in Scripture, created in the image of God. We are God's image bearers. So in, in 2019, when we were trying to find the right words to articulate th this value, this caring, respect value, it didn't take long for us to recognize that our congregation has always been one comprised of people from all different walks of life. We've always been a, a fairly diverse church in our neighborhood. We have folks from all different ages and stages. Different types of, of families are represented here. Uh, we, we have folks who stand on the right and on the left of every issue imaginable. And, and instead of allowing that, that reality, our, our differences, to divide us, we wanted to see it as a strength to be something that could truly unite us as we journey together. Now, it's deeper than just respecting one another's differences, one another's opinions. It's making sure that every person is, a valued, is valued even when we disagree with them. So in the, the theological world, the, the phrase that captures this concept best is, is imago Dei, which in Latin uh, translates from Latin to the image of God. Some of the earliest church leaders, they wrestled with this idea. So as, as early as 200 AD, we, we read about Irenaeus, Irenaeus um, trying to reconcile humans being made in, in God's image. So humans being made in God's image, but he saw that humans were broken. And, and how, how does that work together? He, he spent time reconciling. Then about 200 years later, we read about St. Augustine writing that once someone experiences the transformation and the renewing of their mind, as Paul writes about in Romans 12, then and only then they would experience what Genesis means when it talks about being made in God's image. John Calvin, Martin Luther, and all of the reformers, they, they, they wrestled with this concept as well. They, they talked about it. And, and years later, uh, Karl Barth, who, who shaped a lot of the, the theological heritage that, that uh, is, exists in our, our tradition, he, he wrote that being made in the image of God was a, was a foundation for understanding our, our relationship with God. So this vertical idea, our relationship with God and our relationship with one another, the fellowship that we celebrate together. 
So in his mind, we're, we're created and we're called to treat one another with respect because each person, every person we encounter, carries the Imago Dei with them, the image of God, regardless if they recognize it or not. It's along the lines of, of what we read about in Matthew 25, where, where Jesus says, I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you, you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I was naked and you, you gave me some clothes. I was sick or in prison and you visited. Jesus recognizing the image of God in, in other people. So everyone we encounter, regardless of what they believe, regardless of how they vote, where they live, what they do or what they, they don't do, every person made in the image of God. Now, this is a value that asks us to be intentional with the way that we interact with, with one another, with the way that we care for one another and our, our neighbors. Historically, here at WPC, it's the, the picture we see of Bob Boss going door to door around the first neighborhood and asking people about their faith tradition. And then when they opened their door and he, he found out that some were Catholic and, and some were Methodist and some were, were Lutheran, that he would, he would reach out to those denominational offices and say, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm in this new community. <clears throat> I'm in this new community and there's, there's a need for a, a church of your denomination. It's what's behind our involvement with, with the ecumenical and interfaith groups. Why we started the Westminster Free Clinic and have been involved for so long with, with groups like LSS and, and Harbor House. It's why we built a community center here when we, we built this, this, our newer building that, that houses our overnight shelter. It's why we've created programs for children, youth, and adults. And why we want to continue to create more, more space for people to grow in faith and learn to see the Imago Dei in themselves and in one another. But it's not just about what we do at church. It's not just about what we do in worship. It's not just about our church programs. It's not about worship services. It's a value that invites us to ask on a daily basis, do I see the image of God in every person I encounter? My neighbor, my doctor, my kid's teacher, person on the news, whomever. Over the last three plus years, there were many days where, where Judy and I would be the last two people in the church office here. We talk about, about everything, from, from kids in the preschool to, to some of the challenges that families face today that may, might have been similar or, or different from 10 or, or 20 years ago. We'd laugh. She would challenge me. She would get me thinking. Sometimes those conversations would last five minutes. Others, they delay me from leaving for, for over an hour. Personally, it, it's those conversations that, that I'm going to miss most. But I always knew at, at the center of Judy's heart for our, our preschool, the center of her heart for our church, really what's at the center of why we have a preschool in the first place, why it started, is this value, seeing the image of God in every person. So I want to encourage you this week, this year, 
Find a way to, to do that in everyone you encounter. And treat them with the, the caring respect that they deserve. Amen.